Today is Monday, November 21st, 2022, also known as World Television Day. It is currently 12.33 p.m. in the station, and we are UCLA Radio News. Yes, and we made a magazine this fall quarter for the first time. We so we're going to go around and introduce ourselves. You should be on the fourth and fifth page of the magazine after pressing this QR code if you made it here. I'm fine with Anjay Anjay, just and not another random brown person's name. Okay. Yeah, that's like my one. <laughs> yeah. 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 Any examples? Yeah, that happens all the time, actually. So, um, Hi, I'm Anjay, and I'm a business econ major, unfortunately, and I really hate cheese. Mm-hmm. Nice. Okay, next in the middle is Emily Chang. She could not be here to record with us, but she's a third year. Um, I don't know how she would introduce herself. She's holding a little pistachio jar in this photo. Um, and then to the right is me. I'm Alik. I'm a second year cognitive science major. And yes, I'm potentially news manager, potentially not, if you like this magazine. <laughs> 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 That's Rhea. I'm Rhea. I'm a second year busy con and psych major. And I used to have a terrifying irrational fear of pigeons. But I got over that, and I'm proud of myself. Wow. Hi, I'm Ken. Um, I'm a second year environmental science major, and I fucking love cheese. <laughs> I'm Angel. I'm a third year. I'm studying environmental science and music industry, and I really like the Clintons. <laughs> we'll, we'll almost learn more about that later, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, I'm Aiden. I'm a third year computational biology major, and... I wake up every morning and decide between whether I wear a flannel or a collared shirt underneath a sweater. Hi, I'm Leah. I'm the other intern. I'm a comm major and double minoring, supposed to, in art history and professional writing. Um, Yeah, I felt like I didn't have enough writing in my coursework, so here I am in news. Nice. Um, Last little person to the bottom right is Matthew Barcelos. He is a third year pop history major, pub F minor. he does a lot of frisbee. Okay, so yeah, we we made a quarterly magazine. We, you say radio news honestly hasn't been up to much up until now, and so we're hoping to keep this going. Where like each quarter we choose a theme and make a magazine out of it. And this year the theme is "Are you listening?" The first article is Emily Chang's. It's kind of satirical. What kind of vibe do you guys think should go on the back?
I think the most important thing is getting featured on your state fit. And spending your weekends at house shows is very, yeah, yeah. very important. Yeah, like, at a frat? No. Not Never. At a house show? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you guys have a favorite um, band here? Law 3. Law 3? I like Law 3. I don't know if you guys know Banana Popsicle. My friend Jaden kills it on the drums in that band. They did a lot of shows last year but a lot of them graduated so they're trying to recruit new people mm-hmm. if anyone's interested <laughs> i also like angry oh it's my friend's bed <laughs> <laughs> nice there's this girl that performed at um spring sing last year sophia pacino yeah. pacino she's super awesome the her song that she performed, which I'm forgetting the name. It's like Wait. if my old self could love you, I think. Yeah, yeah, my old self. Great song. Mm-hmm. Really? really? Yeah, good song. that's cool. Really Did she win? Because didn't no. three singers won last year? I thought it was the, a dance. the the like, banjo folk. player. Yeah, like those people. Those those people were cool. Yeah, thought. they were cool. Um, spring sing is crazy. Yeah, we got a lot of talent at the school. That could be on this guide to liking music, like performance spring sing, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, no, Emily's such a good satirical writer. I don't know if you guys have read her other pieces on... She just has, like, a really nice writing style, in my opinion. Moving forward. Sorry if you're to record a TikTok. Just pretend like I'm not here. TikTok. Yeah, I'm doing a... Things in the station that just makes sense. TikTok. Oh, okay. mm. Damn, you're really, like, amplifying the radio. <laughs> Country music in the background? Sure. <laughs> Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire I fell into a burning ring of fire Went down, down, down And the flames went higher And it burns, burns, burns The ring of fire The ring of fire
the taste of love is sweet when hearts like ours meet I fell for you like a child So it's basically about why like music sounds so good on psychedelics and why people are drawn towards psychedelics whenever they go to festivals and stuff. And what did you realize about why? Well, I realized that there was, it's a lot to do with, um... What inspired you to write it? <laughs> what inspired me to write it? There's so much in the station. <laughs> the reason why people are like drawn to music or like think a lot of music sounds good, which they normally wouldn't. It's because of like the phenomenon known as like ego death, and which has a lot to do with um, LSDs like binding to one of your receptors in your brain. Um, but yeah, it basically has to like deal with your. It deals with like your image of yourself in your brain. That's so, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> so. Which has to do with music because music develops our image of ourselves, basically. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, like, music, you, like your ego has a lot to do with your, like your music taste now, because like, oh, I'm a fan of this artist, and like I know all of his like albums, and all of his like history or like. That's interesting. Do you yeah. actually believe this is? Hmm. I I think it like, because there's always like. Basically, yeah, that's L what like you were the, saying. Like the Playboy Cardi Reddit, like these dudes are like so into Playboy Cardi, it's crazy. And they're like basically competing to like, like who is the best, most deep Playboy Cardi fan, like always. And there's so many artists that like have famous like that. Yeah. I feel like it has a lot to do with ego. So you think opinion. we just latch so much onto our own music taste that yeah. psychedelics just break us free? Yes. And that's why we're able to enjoy country music, basically. I think so. I think so, I would say. The next up article is Rhea's article. Yes. Um, I'm a psych major, so I was just interested in figuring out how music could make, um, make an impact on your mind through neurotransmitters and stuff. And, yeah, in my article, I kind of just break those down bit by bit. Genesis by Grimes. really surprised me is that um, listening to music before surgery was found to 
reduce levels of anxiety almost as well as an anxiety medication um which really stood out to me because yeah i didn't know it was that impactful and yeah so that's an interesting study like it is very interesting it was like at some university in norway i believe but yeah that was the most surprising thing i found out i feel like music and like just a lot of medical things really like intertwine with music being a good coping mechanism i know of i think they do this at stanford they have like playing music with little kids who have cancer mm-hmm. and they just like it's like a fun way to just relax mm-hmm. yeah also like they studied alzheimer's patients and music is like one of the last things to leave their memory it's so, like older adults who are like completely can't remember anything from their life but like they hear a song and they know all of the lyrics like it's just yeah. stored in such a special place yeah. I wonder if we would ever like officially institutionalize music into the medical system in any way. Yeah. Or if that would be too preference based. That would just be so interesting if it was literally part of the protocol going into surgery or something. If they said, what music do you want? Like, yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like when you, do you guys, have you guys gone to the dentist and they're like, what movie do you want us to play? And yeah. they play the movie for you? Yeah. It'd be yeah, kind of similar. Like, uh, I love it. Such a safe space. <laughs> so, really? so clean. A safe space. Yeah, yeah the nurses are so nice. I like open really it's big. Like, well, yeah, like you're just in pain. <laughs> I try not to fall asleep. Oh, I fall asleep. Yeah. I do fall asleep. The smell always throws me off. I love the smell. Oh, I love the smell. The earworm. No, we have another little like offset of Ria's piece, which is about the earworm. Yeah. So when we were starting the zine, I think we were we already knew we wanted to do something about like the earworm, which is when you have a song that's stuck in your head on repeat for a really long amount of time, and we thought it'd be cool to just delve into why that happens. And yeah, so this article delves more into like how involuntary memory recall plays a role in the earworm experience and it's one thing that really surprised me was that another study um showed that uh, around like 90 to 95 percent of like humans have experienced the earworm um which is really interesting because it shows how universal of an experience it's also crazy that it's so subconscious yeah yeah it is not subconscious for me, though. I'm like, really? I can only think of this right now. I'll just be in my room, like, singing a song or whistling, and then my roommate was like, oh, I love that song. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's interesting how it's different for so many people. Um, but it's still, like, a universal experience that we all face. Yeah. yeah. That? True. So I wrote a little bit about social media. Across the room Cause all I see a girl's too good to be true With paper white teeth and perfect bodies Wish I didn't care I know their beauty's not my lack But it feels like that weight is on my back And I can't let it go Come comparison
um, and kind of just how we, the reason why I think my favorite line from the piece is social media isn't stupid because no one cares about you. It's stupid because people do care. I think we do talk a lot about, oh, no one cares, like do whatever you want, post whatever you want. And we don't really address the anxieties of like, no, people are looking at what you're posting. So you are going to be nervous and put up a front. Um, for me, I definitely, I still fall into that. I still get nervous about posting things, but I've just kind of come to a point in my life, in my, my long, long 20 years of living where I'm like, I can't, like, I just can't, (laughs) I just, I just need to be me. Um, so I just post, I post what I want to post. Um, yeah, to everyone who's listening, go to Clinton under Clinton's underscore long underscore lost underscore daughter that's my instagram um i po- i post a lot i like i just i just think it's fun i enjoy writing so i write really long captions um and it's just a really fun time for me and i wish that other people would do that more too because you can just have fun versus like posting to fit this image and i know it's really hard to do that i know it's like we have these anxieties and um reasons why we don't do that there's also um our internet footprint and i know i probably have ruined mine so there's just a lot of different things um but i hope this article kind of gets you a little out of your box if you if you want to be and to post a little bit and have fun with it have fun with your friends and make little jokes i also included a social media ranking rating system thing um you can disagree you can agree with them I, I mean, I think of them as truth, but up to you, up to you. What's your favorite social media on Instagram? Yeah, my favorite social media is Instagram. I just love it. When did you start it. posting like that? So I started posting that my junior year of high school. I started posting because I was really insecure in high school. And then junior year, I tried to ask this guy out to prom and he left school. Like he ran away. And... <laughs> like like this he why, like, like he asked him. well he like got okay it's a long story but like he got wind that i'm going to ask him and he leaves campus and it's because he wanted to ask someone else which is fine which is fine but that was so embarrassing right like what would you guys do i was embarrassed and then like i went home and i'm like i can't show my face again at school and i did and nobody cared and that's kind of like my like click yeah. in my head i'm like why do i care so much about things mm-hmm. So then I just started, like, living a, like, carefree life. And I started posting more, like, longer satirical captions and just mass posting um, my, I think, right after my freshman year of college, um, I kind of started to write more and I enjoyed it. Pandemic outlet. Yeah. And I was just, like, it's fun. And so... Yeah, everyone should, if you're going to use your phone, you might as well have fun with it. I feel like my phone is just like my like little toy and I play with it as a toy. Uh, it's my inner child, so. There's also, yeah. I don't know if you guys um, know, I forget which 1975 song it is, but there's a line that's like, why can you believe you control, you can control how you're perceived? And it's like, at the end of the day, everyone thinks that like social media is a place to control how you're perceived, but you can't either yeah. way. So it's like you might as well just do what the fuck you want, which 
it seems counterintuitive because everyone's like, just do what you want. No one cares. And then try to curate something. But truly, if you accept that you can't control how you're perceived, then you can have fun with it. Yeah. Yes. So well said. Yes. Facts. Do you guys enjoy social media in general? Dude, I love LinkedIn. Yeah, LinkedIn is yeah, a power know. Of ours. I didn't know it. How many connections do you have now? Dude, dude, it's not about the connections. It's about like <laughs> the value. It's, it's like about it's the value of the connections. LinkedIn and like seeing what like old people like and old people like post. Mm. Like, like my friend's parents because I think like them. No, okay. I feel like that skipped my parents slash my friend's parents. They don't use LinkedIn. Really? really? Yeah. Dude, I mean, I'm not gonna like, lie. My parents are pretty out of touch with LinkedIn. Oh, and they're like yeah. my parents are, my mom I is like know. she pays for linkedin premium yeah damn, damn. <laughs> people our age pay for linkedin She's, premium no i know it's strange like mm. i just want to stalk you without like you know being caught you can out. see what? every time you look at someone's linkedin <laughs> Why yeah, that's so that? weird it's so like funny i didn't part. know that when i first got linkedin and i got like five texts like yeah and i was like, <laughs> <laughs> <You're> like <laughs> no 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 and it's like why do you as a sophomore have like linkedin premium like it's okay you have time what does that mean where do you go from there if you're already at premium there's no career development (laughs) exactly you already reached premium status I was really proud when I got 500 plus connections. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. You get a bag. Can you add me on LinkedIn? What? Embarrassing. Oh my god, yeah, add me on LinkedIn, guys. Um, <laughs> my name is Angel Moray, M O R E. It's not Clinton's log lost. Story. No, okay. That's but so I do post. Up. I post like funny things. Are you serious on LinkedIn? On LinkedIn? Yeah. That's kind of I audacious. About, That's like a different level. Yeah, you're a legend. I post, That's so I post funny. my 2022 <laughs> goals, which I, I think can. are really good. <laughs> okay, do you worry about this in a profession? Like, what's your professional, personal distinct? Like, yeah. You must apply for jobs somewhere. No, I do. Like, I, 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 I was <laughs> an environmental consultant last summer. And mm-hmm. my thing is, like, if you guys are going to hate me because I'm. With you. What is it, Angel? Just Angel Moore. M O R E. Um, my thing is if I'm going to work for a company that like is so pressed about like me posting funny things and I think I'm just not going to want to just being me hard (laughs) (laughs) I love it and you should oh you went to school with my friend Uh, Mm -hmm. yeah Marissa this Lee? is so yeah. funny. Yeah, I know her. I've yeah, never seen nice someone cool. use LinkedIn satirically. Like, what are you doing? This is me. So nice having to post about me. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, um, I love that. So I worked for it was like this nonprofit, Ryland Defense, and like I posted this is me, that like little silly thing, and I told them about it, and they thought it was so funny. And I think people are just a little scared to go a little to make things more fun, but they do accept it. Um, yeah, definitely makes you stand out. I like as long as it's not overtly out of pocket, like companies do like to see personality. personality yeah. yeah, even another piece. Right after it. Okay. Yep. <laughs> so. Damn, you have a lot to get off your chest with this. You got me some type of way. Ain't just a feeling this way. I do not know what to say. Yeah, yeah. But I know I shouldn't think about it So I'm fucking look at your face Now I wanna know how you taste mm-hmm. Usually don't give it away, yeah, yeah But you know I'm already thinking about it
this i just don't you guys think like i don't know how many of your friends currently are i don't know if it's like breaking up season it was very like yeah but people are breaking up all boyfriend oh, related do you see right this in queer relationships cuffing season yeah it is cuffing we're going season into winter yeah it's inevitable um but sometimes it goes from one extreme to the next yeah yeah yeah, like people like break I think up. it's different per year though. We're your second year, right? Yeah, I think like second years. Don't you feel like okay? A lot of people fall in love first year, and then I think like halfway through second year, it's like, what's really going on? Like there's like phases. Mm, I think true. based on where yeah. you are in college. Also, yeah, like, Halloween. I feel like so. Oh, yeah. 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 Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but either people either get too excited. Halloween. That you realize you should not be in a relationship. Yeah, or at least like two people. <laughs> Also, another thing I think about that's interesting at UCLA is a lot of people are dating here versus my friends at other colleges. Not many of their friends are dating, but maybe that's just like, I don't know. I don't think I can compare monogamy. monogamy. Oh, I'm monogamous. Yeah. I'm a monogamous yeah. person. I mean, are we talking about like aspirations or <laughs> or reality? Just that's a great a, question. Yeah. I think I you, no. I wanted to like chase like a. Ooh, like I'm cool. Like I like hooking up with a lot of people, and I wouldn't care to be in an open relationship. But from being in a relationship, I'm like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Like you are mine. Oh, and that concept. Oh. So, for the article though, <laughs> a lot of my friends recently have been like either having issues with the people they're dating or they're isn't intentionally boyfriend focused. I so, it is, but it isn't. I think right now a lot of my friends are, have this are like dating guys and they're talking about their boyfriends and I do think that like boys you know they're they're dumb but I think there also are like just issues in relationships I think that a lot of people romanticize like especially women women relationships and they think it's always perfect because like your girls like how can you not understand yeah. each other's feelings um which isn't always the case and there are a lot of toxic relationships yeah. and I understand the feeling of like I'm so in love and I don't want to bring up issues but but it really does excuse a lot of people from like allowing bad behaviors to happen and there and it bugs me specifically when you talk about it so much and you know it's an issue in your relationship and you haven't addressed it with the person you're dating or you're just letting it go it's um, really, I find this so interesting because it's like you must care for slash have more trust for your partner than like a lot of these friends. And so what leads you to just go on these crazy rants? That's what I always think when people are ranting to me. And I'm yeah. like, why the fuck? Like, you know this person more than you know me. I don't want to know any of this. Yeah. Yeah, and the things that people excuse, like, I have a friend whose boyfriend was literally racist towards her. Um, and excuse this, so she's Chinese. This guy is white. And he has this white friend who was inadvertently calling her slurs through a song in it you like he was like listen to this song oh shoot listen to this song that's insane listen to this song and and she's like and the song had like a slur and she brought this up with her boyfriend and they have a conversation like a sit-down conversation with her boyfriend this boy and her and and it gets to the point where her boyfriend is telling her to apologize to the boy. Like, huh? the, right? Like, how did that happen? Yeah. Wait, I'm people so People in confused. relationships tend to, like, put the other person on a pedestal. And that's why, like, behaviors get excused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
But I just think that we all need a little reminder, like, if you're ranting a little bit too much about something, yeah. is it something you can change? How often do you say this? Like, are you, like, you need actually to take a step back and think about the amount that you've been telling me about this? Yeah. And I feel like, like that's all you have to do as a friend and just be like, how many times have we... Have we talked about this? Spoken as such. I just think it can also be, like, hard as someone, like, seeing someone you love be in, like, you know... A relationship where you like hear things about them not being treated that well and you're like oh like that hurts me to see my friend going through that but you can't really do anything because you just have to like let them figure it out on their own in the end that's what yeah. I've learned like yeah. they'll figure it out and if they don't figure it out then maybe it's better than what you're hearing and if yeah like just gotta let them do their own thing but yeah, I totally understand, like, your perspective of this article. It's really, like, <laughs> I totally understand it. I feel you wholeheartedly. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I think the healthiest relationships, not in a, like, suspicious way, but are the most private and, like, unshared. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Because it's also, like, motivations can be revealed when, like, people are so sharing so much about it. Also... I think the people who rant about it too are people who are like, hey, I'm in a relationship. Like, they need you to know. They're like, I have sex. But don't get me wrong. Um, and I'm like, you, like, that's just a sort of immature way to go about being in a relationship. Like, you should just, it should be good enough for just you and whoever you're dating. And it shouldn't be like. Also, like, some people literally like rant about like the smallest things to you as a friend. And that's like, it literally takes just a little bit for you to then, like, you know essentially like rat out everything that the person you're in a relationship is, um is doing and like all of their like you know private information you just like mm. share it to everyone just because yeah. of, like in some cases a very small thing that they did um no i agree yeah. like sometimes like you just like you don't know who you can so trust funny. as well with this information and it's like yeah. You know, if you tell someone and you trust them, but, like, they are, like, literally, like, dropping, like, your personal relationship details, like, to people, like, they don't even know that well, then it's, like, ooh, you know what I mean? Yeah. It puts everyone in, like, a sticky situation as well. It's, yeah. like, you didn't really get the person the other yeah. person's consent I think to talk about it. Yeah, yeah. it's ground yeah. for judgment from a friend perspective. Yeah. Like, why are you willing to disclose this to me? I have no idea what the context of any of this is. The fact that you guys have been together yeah. for a year and you're telling me that you fought about, like, an apple. And, okay. <laughs> and, like, yeah. and then also, like, it might, like, break the honesty in the relationship because now there's, like, something that that person doesn't know that you've done. And it's, like, yeah. a mess. But I also feel like it's good to have, like, third-party judgment sometimes. Oh, sure. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. Yeah. Super Which is what you were saying. You want to mention, like this article in the context of like yeah. an actually abusive I, relationship i yeah i wanted the the like some, something to note about this is it's not supposed to be about relationships that are um oh no no like <laughs> abusive like i if someone's in an abusive relationship that's just so out of what this article is talking about it's more like yeah smaller um obviously less um harmful behavior it's mm -hmm. more just like there are things that you're just not compatible with someone or yeah. you guys are not you guys just don't click and if you realize you don't click and you're talking about it with everyone you guys you need to break that up uh so that that's a important note to make about this article i think it's just like i totally agree like people well i saw this like thing on this one comedy show i don't remember the guy's name but he was like 
people need to like get more comfortable with themselves and like appreciate themselves more yeah because like let's say you like treat yourself like i don't know like 20 percent like well if that makes sense like on a scale of how well you treat yourself and if someone treats you like 30 percent then you're like wow that's so good they're treating me like 30 percent well but that's still like not good enough you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like if you spend time to get to know yourself and like fully like love yourself it's cliche but it's true like if you spend time with yourself get to know yourself and like treat yourself well then like when you do get in a relationship you will have like higher standards and it'll probably yeah. be someone who does actually treat you well you know what i mean yeah and i agree you need people i think a trap so that funny. a lot of young people fall into is like knowing where what they deserve and like if because we're young we like yeah. don't always know what we deserve and so when we aren't treated the way we deserve we allow it to happen just because like oh like this is good yeah. i'm in love uh-huh and yeah who sets that standard it's not media media has some weird like <laughs> it's like your parents and like media it's, weird it's just like things. your relationship yeah. with yourself yeah. Like, yeah i mean i think media to an extent maybe yeah like, definitely to an extent yeah like, media that influences conflict a lot. even like music i think could like do yes. it yes yeah because, like, relating yeah. to songs that you shouldn't be relating to. Like, you hear a song. So funny. We have like, so many articles in the relationship one. We were like, yeah. <laughs> what does this really mean? Deep dive. Deep dive. It also, like, I wrote in, like, 20 minutes. So like, <laughs> like, what? I'm mad right now. <laughs> I spent fucking hours gathering yeah? my data. <laughs> <laughs> it's Our pieces, me I we have nothing to say. We were like, we're not sure how to interpret it, but you just, you just wrote <laughs> this curricle <laughs> journal entry. <laughs> um, Aiden's up. I think TikTok is absolute brain rot. It has made humanity worse. And I think society would be so much better if it was never created. So naturally, I'm on it every single day. best fidget and like time consumer great. people who are like i hate my for you page i'm like you hate yourself like my for you page is <laughs> no. great it's like literally just so much cool art and music and that's all it is it evolves as you yeah, get into new um you. interests that's what it's I'm like saying. that's why i think it's so funny people are like i hate my for you page right now and i'm like well that's you right now you. Yeah. it's like saying you don't like subway it's like you made the sandwich yeah 
So true. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to look into TikTok as a music platform just because every TikTok has a sound associated with it. Songs go trending on it that were like from decades ago or that just came out. And so I have some interesting stats just to, you know, food for thought. One is that of the kind of UCLA students that I was able to survey, I thought about three-fourths of them do use TikTok daily or almost daily. So it's definitely a medium that is very well pronounced within at least the 18 to 25, 24-year-old demographic, which I don't think is like a, it's not really in question. About 43% of them said that they discovered 10 or more songs on TikTok. And again, of that same group of people, about 20% said they added 10 or more songs to a personal playlist. From random spreadsheets I was able to find online, because this stuff isn't the most well-documented, yeah. about over somewhere in the ballpark of over 660 songs in 2021 ended up on the Billboard Hot 100s. Yeah. Of those, 175 of them trended on TikTok at some point. So somewhere about a sixth, which is a, a fifth to a sixth, which is a pretty significant proportion. Mm -hmm. And it does kind of get you thinking, like, if everybody, or at least a good portion of the population is using this app, and songs go trending all the time, and all of a sudden they end up hitting the mainstream, well, what percentage of these songs are kind of underground or not really super mainstream, and then what percentage of them are, you know, big record labels? So again, looking at the people that we surveyed, and roughly 40% of the songs were recognizable. So not every song that trends on TikTok is necessarily something that is just like blasted out through the airwaves or like repeated on radio. Yeah. Um, I will say at the time that the survey was created, about half of the songs trending were Taylor Swift, mm. which take that into consideration. That might be the 40% or a good chunk of the 40%. You discovered music on TikTok? Oh, yeah. No, oh, 1,000%. Um, and again, going back to some of the previous things we've talked about, there is a kind of, um, there is this element of TikTok that if you can get your forward you page out of, like, your country, you do explore really interesting, like, niche talks, if that makes sense. I love that. Like, you can huh. get into purposefully like incorrect echo chambers and you just go <laughs> no seriously i've done that on tiktok and it's so entertaining oh no no i love that uh this is like sort of not related but you know how you can uh, look into like uh, google advertisement settings to see what google thinks you are yeah on my two like oh, main can. wait can you show me that Oh, yeah, I can show you guys that. But um, <laughs> basically, I have two main Gmails, my personal one and my school one. Yeah. On my personal one, uh, Google thinks I'm a retired, like a 55-year-old male that works in tech. Mm. And on my school one, Google thinks I'm a 20-year-old female that works in tech. <laughs> <laughs> You're really like that. So I'm either just like a really geriatric, like, old money dude, or I'm a woman in STEM. So, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's funny. Yeah. No, but I do find that very, very interesting about TikTok. Yeah. I think it's kind of crazy how sometimes some of my friends and I have the same TikToks on our For You page, and I'm like, we haven't interacted in, like, months. And this is not something that I see on everyone's, like, page. This is something really yeah. niche. 
but you do do the extent of communication where you realize that at the least mm-hmm. and, like, and maybe that's enough yeah it's for, or like i'll send a friend a tiktok and they're like oh i just saw I this just i'm like saw that. yeah no this is my for you page I do love TikTok, though. I think that it's, like, a great tool if you use it. It's a great tool for, like, up-and-coming artists. It's just, yeah. yeah, for any type of medium, not even just music, like... True. I honestly just don't enjoy watching TikToks. That's, like, the problem. I just feel mm. like they're just, like, boring. But how can you generalize? That's what I'm saying. Like, no, like, I just don't like the whole video with words format. Oh. Yeah. So that specific format. Like, it just it makes me feel like I'm wasting time. Like, consistently, always. So. Do you like them where it's, like, you don't have to read anything? There's just something visual? No, like, I don't know like... why. There's something... I feel like it's... Too quick? No, it's too engaging. Like, I want social media to be less engaging. I want it to be something that's almost like you're, like... Yeah. Yeah, I don't want it to be something which is that experiential. Like, I think people enjoy TikTok because it's, like... I think people our age face a lot of decision problems because we're like mm-hmm. we have to make so many choices, and I think that TikTok is nice because you're just out of control of your consciousness for a while, but it also like that's that's what I don't like. Yes, yeah, yeah. So you're basically in the reverse. Yeah, direction. but I think like we might all be headed towards a long. Yeah. Do you think it's scary that like you can kind of like mindlessly scroll through it, and then the app can just pick up on your preferences? I mean, I guess, but that's like I, I definitely don't think that's like a good thing. But that's not like I don't know, like without even thinking about any of that, just the idea that like literally you just scroll through and it's like it completely like drags you into it. I mm-hmm. don't like that. I like like how like Instagram's like a lot more like for the, well now Instagram's basically turning into TikTok, but like um for like a large part you're like. It's just posts. You can be listening to your own music. You're not, like, fully engaged with it. Mm-hmm. It's not as, like, there's not a yeah. time element of it as well. Because, like, a TikTok, you need to watch it in the moment as well. You're whereas, like, trusting a, the app too much. Exactly. Whereas, like, on Instagram, you can, like, look away for a few minutes. Like, whatever. Like, it's not, nothing's yeah. tying you to it. Um, Have you ever seen, yeah. there's, like, this Netflix documentary, and I'm forgetting the title of it, but it analyzes just social media. And it does a really great job, I think, with the graphics to, like, personify how social media apps, like, pick up our preferences and then feed them to us. I don't know. Have any of you guys seen this? I love it. It's a great... It's kind of like Inside Out, but for social media. Like, it shows all these little characters, and they're like, oh, he likes this. Like, let's... And it's like... It's a great live visual bit, I think. Um, Wait, where do you... Where did you get it? Sorry. Netflix. What's called? Here. Netflix. Oh, it's a Netflix. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but I do hate when people (laughs) shit on TikTok artists. Or, like... They are like, you can't, like, you found that song on TikTok or, yeah, whatever. Because it's like, yeah, I did find it mm-hmm, on TikTok. Mm-hmm. Like, and I wouldn't have found it otherwise. Yeah. yeah. So it's good. Like, let me be me. Um, but, yeah, there's, like, a lot of gatekeepy, like, material or, or like, people around. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Well, it's like, if you take that sentence, like, oh, I discovered an artist off Insta, or I discovered mm-hmm. an artist off Spotify, they're like, oh, that's really sweet. If I'm like, oh, yeah. I heard the song on TikTok, and I went and pursued it, and I'm like, it's really good, and they're like, yeah. oh, you, you Wait, really no, I don't discover anything on Instagram, though. Like, I'm never, Instagram Same. to me is just, yeah. like, I'm seeing. Instagram's such a boy. Actually, sometimes yeah. people's yeah. stories like, like I'm not, like, sleuthing around. I don't, I don't even scroll through Instagram. Yeah. Instagram that, that's what I love about me. it. It's I have not an Instagram like, account. Yeah. I have, like, my Instagram account, and then I have an Instagram account where I just follow really cool like magazines, artists, whatever, mm-hmm. and I go through that feed, so I'm not clouded by like you. You know what I'm well, saying? It's it's nothing personal. Yeah. It's just like very cool. It's almost like a self curated TikTok. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like, going back to what you were about to say, Auntie, like you yeah. like the whole scrolling aspect of Instagram, or is that um, well, like it's not the scrolling exactly. It's like um, it's more like how with TikTok, like 
it's like when you're on TikTok, you are like on like you're watching a TikTok because you gotta watch the video, you gotta listen. Yeah. Like your mm-hmm. your senses are just like in that. Whereas like with Instagram, it's more like a passive thing for me because it's like I literally can be like doing something else, look at my phone for a few seconds, like whatever, and like I'm not really paying attention to it, and it's not like taking all of my like senses at the same time. I don't know. I've, I've never like thought yeah. to like formulate mm-hmm. how I wanted to say this before. Mm-hmm. This is, like the first time I'm saying it, but that makes sense. Okay. I think that's like I just don't enjoy it almost feels like annoying to mm-hmm. watch tiktoks and even yeah. reels like yeah. yeah tiktok takes all your senses yeah so that like, whole, that's like, what's so relieving to me yeah. like i want to yeah. tap out of everything going on in my mind right now like, yeah i don't want to do that i want to tap out <laughs> in other ways but like not with yeah. TikTok. yeah and i guess would it be fair to say like that whole short video format where you can just kind of like yeah. scroll through a bunch is almost like some social media deprivation chamber yeah where some people probably really love the whole like and floating and solving people are like I need to be able to see things, feel things, yeah, hear things. Yeah, yeah. I need to be interacting with my environment. This is too much. What do you yeah. think is like, like thirty years in the future? What's social media up to? Do you think it goes more towards like the absolute control aspect, or the like you curate your own aspect? I think it's or both one, two different extremes. I think both can be incorporated, but I don't know how involved some apps or some platforms will be on self curation. Yeah, just especially with like TikTok. And just in general, advertising and technology going forward, there's going to be a lot more like AI, machine learning involved. In fact, there's a lot of shit ton already invo- involved right now. I don't know how accurate Google advertisement is to think that I'm a 55-year-old male, but it definitely does know some of my pre- a good chunk of my preferences. Going forward, it kind of depends on like, do people like this whole short format where they don't they can just kind of mindlessly explore? And yeah. then the app will do the curation on their own. Yeah. Or would people prefer to curate on their own and then the app can throw them a feed afterwards? So it's like, which which yeah. which is prioritized? The the ease of mindlessly exploring yeah. or curating on your own? And I feel like right now, more people, I don't know, looking at what the popularity think? of TikTok, I yeah. think more people, people like the like, mindless exploration. Because I think that's what we want is a break from what I'm saying, like a break from decisions and just feeling like you're out of control. And I think mine... Well, the mindless. That's what I like about drugs, like well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, seriously. Well, no, like, well, yeah, it has the like, same response, mind. like a similar response, like. Yeah. Um, I think also like the mindless side is like what the platforms want because then they can get more through to you without like you consciously then filtering mm-hmm. through it in the sense of like with like advertising algorithms things like that. So I mean. I- I think yeah. there's nothing wrong with the mindless thing. It's just, like, I feel like they would take advantage of it. I'm terrified of the way that it could affect, like, actually middle schoolers slash even high schoolers yeah. developing because it latches onto, like, the worst stages yeah. of that. Because, like, what if you end up it. with, like, again, in an echo chamber and then you just keep, like, go like, as a middle schooler or something and you just yeah. keep going? Like you, Yeah. You just, it's one of those things where it's, like, I can either see an ad on TikTok about... I don't know, new balances, and now I want to buy new balances, or yeah. I get on, like, an alt-right pipeline. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm not saying I, I'm not saying both are necessarily yeah. good, but I mean, like, ba- new balances are cool, yeah. alt-right pipeline I think not in cool. college you reach an awareness level where you're like, well, what should I do? Should I be intentional? Oh, I'm in a weird pocket right now. Yeah. This is weird. But, like, if the middle schoolers, the youth, I get really yeah. worried about. Because I feel like... The younger, younger. Yeah. As much as you guys say you like to, like, be, like, just, like, sucked into it, I feel like, at, like... Yeah, still, in college, we're not, like, yeah, yeah, we still know what we're doing. Like, it's not, like, you know, (laughs) we're, like, oh, wait, all of a sudden now, yeah, I'm I'm in an alt-right, like, thing. you're going to notice that, like, you're not going to. Yeah. Do you think we should limit, then, when younger children can interact with social media? 
Like, uh, it's getting to a point where like it's... like that, it's really hard yeah. to think of an implementation that actually ends up being just and not just, like... How, like, how do you do a it? A weird extension of censorship, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do I mean with anything? I feel like it's some sort of, like... There needs to be more education on, like... Yeah. Because I know we when I was going through middle school, like, there was, like, oh, how do you spot a spam email? It's, like, that's not the issue anymore. No, you know what? I had a really intrigued speaker, like, early on in high school. Like, one of the people who designed Snapchat or something, he worked for Snapchat. He came and he spoke to us, and he talked about just everything. He was, like, we have streaks that you want to check it every day. Stories disappear in 24 hours that you want to check it every day. He's, like, everything we curated was just to make it so that it's habitual for you. And I was in ninth grade, and I was, like... <laughs> That blew your mind. Actually, what are you saying to me? So, like, if you had that level of education, yeah. like, sixth, seventh grade repeated to different, like, yeah. varying degrees. degrees of yeah. whatever, detail and stuff, like, that's what you need. Because then you're engaging with an app, and you're like, it's kind of funny that they yeah. put this in and design this so that I'm doing this. Like, you need to understand yourself and the way you interact with it. That's true. I feel like that's the only solution, really, like, educating people on it from a young age. Because I'm sure, like, like, iPad kids are probably on TikTok. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well it's just at the end of the day it's just they just want to make money off of you like, I know that's why you need so intriguing to get someone who actually like was employed by it but then sends them yeah. straight and can explain like they're told how can you get this every day what would make someone want to wake up and then go on this app for their entire day <laughs> streaks for it's sure. so streaks. smart no but it's so smart to have streaks in 24 hours like you need to go on it or it will not be there like someone thought of that with that intention like it's so weird to think of it in that order Actually, yeah, because, like, that just seems like something that's just a natural part of social media now. Well, like, Snapchat, but, like, that didn't always exist. Someone actually came up with yeah. that. That's crazy. I never thought about that. I know, so yeah. no, that me. I was like, no. I was like, I better keep my streaks. Yeah. Well, and similar, being back to TikTok, maybe there aren't necessarily streaks, but it's more like, oh, I want to be up to date with trends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then... And I guess that's where my article more comes into play. It's like, well, the fact that you're on it just means you're going to discover music. And I've discovered a lot of really, really cool songs off of it. You know, yeah. for the, for better or worst of me going on TikTok every single day, it is brain rot. Yeah. It is a disease. I learned so much from TikTok. I, like, differently understand what people recipes? are capable of in those, like, videos. These people are crazy. I'm so inspired. Love TikTok. It gives me recipe ideas. <laughs> Oh, you're on cooking TikTok. Yeah, I'm on cooking TikTok. Oh, do you cook a lot? I do like cooking, and TikTok gives me a lot of ideas, but with very vague instructions. So I'm like, <laughs> and then then some people are like, oh, I linked it in my bio. I'm like, oh, thank you for giving me written instructions. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, you know what's interesting? What? The linking, like they're like, it's in my Amazon storefront. What? Yeah, some people, I've some never seen people are like Amazon yeah. affiliated. I'm yeah, everyone is like Amazon store. That's a new thing. Oh, so right. So basically what an Amazon storefront is, is they'll find products on Amazon that they like and they'll list in their storefront. And then when you buy it, they get commission off of it. Oh. I don't think that much commission, to be honest, but yeah. that's like a way people are making money. Yeah. Um, and it's just really funny because people are like, there's just, there's two different types of ways people are going. There's like mass consumerism and then people who are like, Oh, I love to thrift, but I think everything still revolves around the mass consumer- yeah, consumerism yeah. idea, because like that's how that's how you make money. But like even with thrifting, people go to thrift stores and buy so much stuff, and it's like never really focus on reducing the amount of things you get, um, even if it's secondhand. Yeah, I don't know why I said that. I was just, no, just no, no, that was <laughs> take that all back right now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, yeah, that is super interesting. I'm curious to see the future of TikTok. And Twitter. Uh, uh, I, I, I love seeing where Twitter's gonna go. It's crazy. Yeah. Have you guys seen the email that he sent? Like, we're gonna be hardcore in Twitter 2.0, or you can get three months severance. <laughs> like, me spending, or like, imagine me, a software engineer that like makes a shit ton of money, can go to any other company because of my experience. Yeah. Do I wanna go hardcore? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I saw, I saw like <laughs> a meme. He's trying to apply Tesla to Well, apparently, like, what happened is essentially, like, the like a, the largest like portion of the employees who actually stayed are just people who are like international mm-hmm. and on visas that they oh, have it is to so shitty. yeah because they're forced to come into work or yeah. else they lose their visa and then oh, they can he can work them as hard as they want like oh, as he wonderful. wants because they just want to keep the visa <gasps> yeah so i'm supposed to be whispering this but i don't think we'd be able to hear it or well, you can just go hello do i have to whisper <clears throat> so on to our next article the wondrous, whispery world of ASMR, an exploration of ASMR and its relationship to music. Body, I watched enough ASMR. You could be an ASMR artist. Oh, I know. We gotta cut this part. I can't be saying this. I thought your interview was so interesting. Bye bye. See ya. Bye. No, the guy was like, he had way more attempts than I thought he would, so yeah. yeah. What he said about having ADHD and using ASMR. Yeah. Also, like, I love that because I had no idea that he even did until after. And that he's actually a college student. I didn't know that either. So I think we're gonna switch to a um, regular voice here and leave the ASMR um, to the ASM artists um, out there. Um, but what basically I did to explore the topic is initially I wanted to get um, a perspective from someone who makes ASMR. So I interviewed um, Matt Jacobs, the ASM artist. Um, you can check out his YouTube channel, it's impressive. And I think he tries a lot of innovative things um, in terms of how he makes his ASMR. Um, he makes ASMR for people um, experiencing anxiety with ADHD, helping to focus. He also um, uh, relates it to music um, sometimes, so 
I think it's definitely an interesting space to check out. And uh, he really shared how his um, experiences with music have led him to ASMR and um, influenced how he, um, how he um, decides how he's going to construct that soundscape um, in each of his videos. Uh, so I highly recommend checking that out. And then as well as that, I wanted to now look at songs that um, involve ASMR techniques and incorporate them or are in some way influenced by them. And so initially I had an idea to create a playlist of five songs um, and really get into them. From your sleep The drying of your tears Today What is it about them? I must be missing something They just keep doing nothing Second hand smoke still to 
with the sixth one, um, which is Bath by Bjork. That's the one I'll focus on. Um, you can read through the rest, but that song is really, I don't know if to call it a song or a piece of ASMR set to a melody, because if you listen, it is, I think, the most ASMR-packed um, piece of music I've ever heard. So definitely check that out. Um, and overall, um, I think it's just important to remember ASMR is an art form. Um, it might not be something you've explored before, but it's certainly something which you can benefit from. I think anyone can because what I've learned in this exploration is that sound, um, we engage with it usually um, for our own pleasure through music, but that's not the only way. ASMR is a great way to also um, engage with sound in a therapeutic um, manner. Yeah. Thanks. Nice. Yeah, we should do a little snaps. <laughs> yeah, all around. <laughs> So this was my joint article 
with Anjay. Um, and we talked about listening to music. Well, sort of like the auditory experience itself. Um, and I started by talking about a deaf musician because um, I thought that this would be really interesting. I mean, just drawing from like Beethoven, one of the most famous composers of all time, who is hard of hearing himself. <laughs> Um, so I would imagine that that experience of listening to music is super different than a traditional experience. Um, and one artist that I found was named Evelyn Glennie. Uh, she's a Scottish percussionist. talented and she had done an interview a couple years ago sort of giving her explanation of how she experiences music and it was so fascinating she basically compared her body to a resonance chamber which could be like the inside of a guitar box or like organ pipes um, and she basically feels vibrations and sounds in her body instead of like a traditional listening experience and she kind of talked like she really touches on this whole zines take of active listening because she really she even said that she removes her hearing aid and then feels the sounds through her body so that she can better like experience it and I thought that that was just so interesting and also like applicable to other areas of life where sometimes in order to listen more acutely you need to like move remove the noise so yeah it's really interesting Continuing on from that, we also explored how um, hearing impairments can be developed through um, exposure to high levels of noise for prolonged periods of time, and that's something very pertinent to the, experience, the experiences and lives of musicians and people who engage with music a lot. Um, because at concerts, um, in studios, um, even just blasting music in your room, that's something a lot of people do now, and um, you can develop hearing impairments. So considering that, um, it's very important to 
be conscious of the levels of noise that are around you at all times at all times and um, try your best to limit it where you can wear earplugs at concerts um, as horrible as that might sound um, uh, it is one of the measures that we can take to make sure that we preserve our hearing um, and regardless of um, whether you ha are hearing impaired or not um, I think it's clear that you can experience music in a variety of rich ways um, but nonetheless uh, if you do have um, any degree of hearing please try to protect it yeah it's interesting that concerts like destroy our hearing and it's where music lovers yeah. Want. yeah yeah it's also just so crazy for the artist that performs for so many <coughs> nights in a row and it's like yeah. so deep in it like it makes sense why all these rock artists are yeah also like I, I i never honestly i didn't explore this but i never understand like if you're using like like hearing protection while you're performing like how how do you do it well because like I feel like I need to hear everything like and so I don't know I always wonder how they still manage to engage with the music while they're performing yeah. but mm -hmm. it works apparently so yeah I know for those louder venues usually they'll have in-ears so they can hear yeah. themselves yeah or they'll have like cues like um yeah like a metronome or something yeah yeah but if you're yeah. in a huge stadium and you have like yeah. these massive speakers yeah. right next to your ears like even the vibrations like yeah if you've ever been to like a really loud like rock or edm concert like you can feel it in this your chest i know yeah. you can feel yourself like destroying your precious ears <laughs> i can feel my listen. organs like getting blended <laughs> but i feel like that's part of the experience yeah i i know that I think I once got a notification from my AirPods. I get it like every like day um, where it says it's too loud. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, I was like, oh my God, like I need to, and I- I get it so often. Really? Yeah. I don't- I, Wait, can we all check our decibel levels? Yeah. How do you, yeah. Do you have the health app? Yeah. I don't know, I've never done that. Uh, I try to have 50% as my max because it just feels right. It says my exposure is okay with the green check. Oh. Oh, okay. I am in the okay range. I'm okay. Oh, I'm under. Um, I'm at Ooh, what? I'm at loud every single day. Like, Wait, what's your decibel level? No, but also I feel like the more you increase volume, the more you want to. Seventy-nine. Like Usually pretty good about it, but when I run, I am just like fully, like makes sense. Yeah, I like to drone out people. Yeah. and the only way to do that is play it loud. I. I yeah. Like. I don't know, I feel like I end up listening to the loudest when I'm like somewhere on campus that's loud. Yeah. Like in Kirkhoff or something. Mm. Yeah. And like I have to blast over the music because I didn't get noise cancelling AirPods. Yeah. Another thing, um, I don't know if you guys have seen Mandy Harvey. Um, she's a deaf singer and she got Simon's Golden Buzzer. Oh. And yeah. I I remember seeing that. I watched that performance with my mom and it was really cool because she talked about feeling the vibrations that you guys were talking about and is in the article it's really yeah it's really cool to see how people interact with music like being deaf or just like part of hearing it's also so interesting to think because like we're not forced to try to experience it that way yeah. but maybe like that is an enhanced way of experiencing music that like we just don't know because we don't have to yeah. Um, so next article, I was sort of also touching on active listening 
um, and how that can be super hard on a really big college campus, especially like UCLA. little similar to looking through a playlist and seeing songs and seeing what you like and what you don't like um, but if you've ever read up on selective exposure we really tend to tap into sources that either affirm our preconceived beliefs or ideas um, and I find that pretty similar with music that if I'm on a wave of certain music I'm gonna keep looking for that music rather than like try new songs um, and essentially like that is in a music sense but also just in life um it can be kind of harmful to limit yourself to the things that you've already been exposed to because like human beings do have um these mechanisms that have us gravitate towards things that affirm our beliefs um and sort of in groups and clubs on campus sometimes if you get stuck around the same people or ideas then it can just it the paper talks a lot about um, a reinforcement spiral where you just keep tapping into what you already know and it just reinforces that and that can really like limit your growth in college because you're not really exposing yourself to new perspectives and ideas so this article really talks about that and encourages people to get out of their comfort zone and expose themselves to different sources. Do you guys ever seek out things like that are intentionally different from you? Like, I think that's really hard to actually act on. Like music? Or no, like clubs and like social <clears throat> groups and such. I do. I. That's cool. What do you I, do? From a friend point of view, like I actively am friends with people I don't mm -hmm. love, and <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, like I can complain about, or I, I there are things about all of my friends. I'm like, oh, well, it's not my favorite part of them, but I do think it's like, yeah, good to have that. I don't like having, or I do have people like my close friends that I amazing love them. They are my people, but I think it is good to be with people who aren't quote unquote my my people because I just like. It really challenges me. It sounds so cheesy. It just challenges me to to like engage with people I just would never no really do that. Like, yeah, it sounds so silly. I don't know how to say this, and it sounds so like I feel like it sounds pick me. But like, I there are there are people that I like hang out with, and I like don't, like I really they bother me a lot. 
but that's so interesting the way that you're saying that is very interesting because i definitely hang out with people and i'm like we're very different like you just don't even know my cultural references stuff like that yeah but they don't bother me i don't think i would like i have that's bo- a different level of, like both, i'm pushing myself i have both like people who bother me and then people who are like, it's hard to give them your time like who are you I taking away big, from like, to give okay. these like bothersome people well, your night a lot of no, people no. my major are like that like, <laughs> Bible science majors are so funny no, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're like, business econ I'm just saying no, yeah. Yeah. no low key, like everyone exposure. I know is business econ is like that type of like fuck busy econ love busy econ oh well I know, actually, honestly, really same. That's true, actually. But that's probably just your little circle. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I also I, think that, like, compartmentalization is just huge on, like, the people stance. Because I just, like, if you're looking, because everyone has something to offer, you yeah. know? And it's like, if you can fit them in your life and really capitalize on that and maybe disagree with them on other points, it's still, like, kind of cool to have them fit in your life, even though you guys might not agree on everything. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I kind of used to have this way of thinking, like, until, like, recently even, where it's, like, um, it's kind of similar. It's, like, I feel like the worse of a person that they were, the more that I felt like an obligation to try and see, like, the good in them to, like, then continue to get to know them. But then I realized, like, there's so many people around, like, Mm -hmm. and time is not, like, unlimited. So then why would you dedicate it to people who are, like, you know not contributing as much as like the yeah. other people in your life who are maybe like more positive and things like that so yeah. i do think you need yeah. the like close friend yeah, yeah. sense of stability your, yeah. in order to be able to like exactly otherwise yeah. reach out I, and i think that that like as long as you're prioritizing that then you can yeah yeah branch. i i also think that people need to kind of learn to accept people as themselves if that makes sense like you're there there pe- everyone has their flaws and of course with your close friends like you're aware of them and you have to accept that but even for people that you're not super close with i might not like them and i might not agree with them but i do understand where they're coming from like why they act that way but that takes and so not, much time i don't understand the timeline of this because like if but i also, hang out with someone like, and i don't really like them i'm not like wow who made you you and like how can i, I don't understand? mean it like that because there's so many people out there no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah it's like how I do you pick that yeah. one annoying motherfucker i like hang out with all these really annoying people all the time. No, I, think, I, like, I get what you're saying i just like in, i feel like i just <laughs> i just like <laughs> i just like like in i just you're interrupt so, quirky. so many annoying people like, I'm gonna be like, <laughs> like i am constantly but also sometimes people. it's like you're around something like you're so annoying like yes is it that kind of annoying no i no but i do love like okay close friends i love when they surprise you i just love when people surprise me and that takes a level of difference like i'm like what would inspire you to say that or like (laughs) Like, tell me this like like okay for example there's this person that i like work with like i just like it's not like i even want samantha smith I don't want to work with her and I don't but she's just there I'm gonna have to accept who she is and I have to understand like she's annoying and that's because yeah well work is definitely great and I wonder in the long run of my life what professional versus personal I think that's an interesting transition to adulthood of figuring that out like because in college you're forced you're just kind of forced to be with a bunch of people and I think but you're just gonna always be forced to be around annoying people like it's just always a thing so knowing how to deal with it I don't know I also feel like People are annoying for a reason. Like, yeah. you're, I don't know. Like, they, they in their own heads, are thinking they're doing the right thing. Yeah. And, That's, like, yeah. yeah, and something shaped them to be that way. So, it's, like, I can't blame you. I think you. where I draw the line is, like, where they 
don't they know they're not doing the right thing but they do it anyway yeah that's a different yeah yeah i must ask writing this article as someone in greek life like what was your thought process or did it inspire you to introspect or like yeah i think that like honestly that's like i find myself in a lot of different spaces at ucla i don't think i've ever been in a space and been like oh this is it this is me like this epitomizes everything to me um but i also think that i've gained so much from all the different spaces and i've also seen a lot and been like this is not it for me So I've sort of been able to, like, detach a little bit and be like, I can, because I've met so many awesome people in Greek life. Do I think that Greek life as an institution is something that I fully get behind, like, wholeheartedly? No. But, like, I feel like if you put, like, you kind of get out what you put in. Do I put all my time into it? No. Do I, you know, like, with other things, too. So I think that sort of just, like, the exposure and taking what you can gain from things and not putting more time than an energy than it gives back to you. I like that. Interesting, yeah. College is crazy. It's just crazy. All the choices you make, like, those first couple months as a freshman and, like, all the spaces they put you in, it's just weird to reflect on now. Also, like, I feel like everyone has this experience, like, you'll, like, meet so many people, and the amount of people that you think that, oh, I'm probably going to be friends with them, and then it just, like... Or it's, like, I agree, we could be friends, like, I I just don't think we're going to be. Oh, no, yeah, it's not, like, something's, like, wrong, it's just, like, the circumstances work out that, like, your Mm. groups form in different ways, you know? Yeah, but I also find that the quicker I am to, like, judge someone, the more wrong I am, and then, like, later down the line, I'm like, oh, my God, you're awesome, what... What was yeah. blocking me but from only like, only certain environments in college give you the later down the line because I think in mm, high school you just yeah. muddle around and you have so much time to reassess That's people true. and in college it's like they'll just leave your circle like they just won't be in your field of vision yeah mm-hmm. also I feel like in high school I was just like a lot less conscious about like my my own role and like yeah like all the relationships in my life whereas I feel like in college people and myself like are more conscious of yeah. like how their actions are like mutually important in every relationship mm-hmm. they have yeah college is a crazy social experiment it's it's interesting the dorms because like your hall it's so interesting because you're at a really important part of your life where it's like kind of what Andre was saying there is a lot of self-discovery that is to be had over the next four years and even like graduate school but you're also (laughs) in a walkable city where you have semi-structured like times I don't know if I'd say we're walkable. Oh, it's walkable. Oh, no, it's walkable. No. You'll just, like, there's cracks everywhere. No, actually, we're literally yeah. in a Are bubble. You... Like, it's... Are we talking about UCLA or LA? UCLA is okay. a walkable place. Oh, walkable. Yeah, I think you're talking about UCLA is no, a walkable city walk with structured time. Do you have structured oh, I have. time? I have, like, yeah. It's, it's crazy. Wait, actually, it's awesome. It's a great walk. <laughs> How long did it take? Like, like under an hour. Really? Uh, yeah. I think... To Culver City? No, Century City. I think it's a three-mile walk. Why did you walk that? Is it? Actually, I, I was just like, a bird this I got died, bored. But, yeah. yeah, I used to bird a lot. It is not good to bird in Westwood. Do you just know when you're friends with someone and then like, so sorry, I'm going back to this, but like way, way later, you realize you get to know each other too di- deeper or whatever, and you're like, oh, we had this in common the whole time, and like that's yeah. probably yeah. why we got along the yeah. whole time. Yeah. yeah, that's always an interesting moment. I'm, also, I'm like self-critical when that happens. I'm like, yeah. oh man. as well like I feel like some artists like I'll be like I won't even understand their circumstances and then later on I would like find out something about them I'm like wait this is why I relate to the music oh that's so interesting yeah 
Because I don't often I feel do like that, yeah. There's a lot of under factors under the surface yeah. and like energies that like yeah. are happening and you don't realize that like you gravitate towards certain people because maybe there's something familiar or maybe yeah. and maybe you don't initially pick up on that, but it's probably there. Exactly. Yeah. Like cultural values and experiences. Yeah. They just yeah. naturally lead to certain behaviors that like you're not just gonna be like, Oh, this person acts this way because of XYZ. Yeah. yeah. They just do. It's not something you're gonna point out. Yeah. yeah. Especially, I mean, we're all from pretty far from home. Yeah. So it's like the population is different. So, like, naturally, you're going to need some people that feel like home. Yeah. But, yeah. That's, I like that. <laughs> yeah. The next piece is I sent out this survey. I would honestly just call it an analysis of radio music listening preferences because that's the majority of the responses we got. But we got 46 responses. I just asked a bunch of questions about people, like, People's music listening um, preferences. stats that I thought were most interesting um people rarely listen to podcasts <laughs> um I actually very often more people than I anticipated listen to non-western music Ooh. would you guys take a guess as to like what you think the result for that was how often do you listen to non-western music you were surprised by it so maybe it's kind of hot. Sometimes. Yeah. No, 30% said very often, oh. which is very high to me. Yeah. And then sometimes was 30%, so they were, like, okay, tied. Doesn't like that surprise you very often? A part of that could just be K-pop, like, as well. That's true. Yeah. What, what people... Mm. What about, like, um, is Bad Bunny... Yeah, would they consider... I don't yeah. know. It depends how people, like, thought to themselves. Oh, that's true. Yeah. I would just consider I feel like, Western music. I don't know. I think you would. I feel like Bad Bunny would be Western... But maybe that's just me being biased because he's been westernized, but like yeah. he's still well, not western. Western appreciated. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 But I wonder if people. Yeah. Yeah. And said very often. Though. How often do you get the earworm? Very often. I'm doing a poor job of presenting this. Okay. What do you think beats or lyrics resonated more with people? How lyrics. Lyrics. Beats. I'm a beats what? person. Yeah. It's a beats is a universal language. True. Mm, yeah. uh, like everyone can feel a rhythm. Everyone can feel like everyone yeah. can hear a melody. Not everyone can understand what you're saying. Yeah. Like I will like a song if it sounds good. Yeah. Yeah. But then you listen to lyrics. 
so what I'll like play a song if it sounds good and then I I do really like reading the lyrics I'll read all the lyrics and see if it like applies to me mm-hmm. but I'll still like it off the bat yeah that's true um how many hours okay no one spent less than one hour a day listening to music two to four was the most popular um 17 percent eight plus hours i don't know like how what this means you know that was like mostly people listening to it in the background yeah so that was my other question active versus passive we had a big range on this but i think mostly passive a lot of like 40 60 30 70 um mostly passive and then partly active which is interesting. I think I would say I'm mostly passive. Yeah. yeah. I feel like my range of pa- like passive to active is just a bunch of different things. I do active, organized, passive. Organized. Like put in playlists. Like there's periods of time where I discover music, organize it, and the rest of it, the way I listen to it, is gonna be passive. Okay. Great. If that makes sense. Oh yeah. Um, How often do you guys make playlists? Oh I God. <laughs> Everyone like five uses a day. Same. Really? Yeah. I'm yeah. not oh, like that. I don't think what I ever. I, I'm so intentional. It's an, addict, it's an addiction. I have like 300. Mm-hmm. Oh my god. Mm-hmm. I love making plays for other people. Yeah. Like if yeah. people give me like five bullet points of like, I want this vibe. Yeah. This is the artist I listen That's to. That's so nice. And then just spend like an hour or two so just going cute. through. So pure. People really trust you. <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's a lot. <laughs> I wouldn't language. ask people. I, yeah, it is a lot. I feel like I wouldn't ask that many do. people for a playlist. Because you can yeah. explore a lot of different types of music. Like, if someone sends you something, yeah. you're like, I recognize none of your bullet points. Yeah. Like the first I would be like, make yeah. me a crazy-ass playlist of stuff you, like, never think I've heard of. Think I've never heard of. Um, do you separate art from artist? Mm. This was a very interesting um, response. I asked this. It's very important right now in the context of Kanye yeah. West. That was, like, my thought process. Uh-huh. A lot of people brought up this um, composer, Wagner, who I hadn't heard about, who was, like, a Nazi, but composed a shit ton of good classical music. Right which was interesting. So I, I assume that these were the music student responses. They said, oh, I have to play Wagner for my classes, but I separate him from... Mm-hmm. Was that a case of, like, I have to do this for my class, but I wouldn't pursue it outside of, like... I mean, but they're music students, so I think the two are, you know, it's like they're passionate okay, stuff. Okay, fair enough. I feel like it's something you just can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless if you're looking at someone like Wagner, though, like if they really revolutionized something within music, you how can you hop over about that? Kanye, though, one of those yeah. prolific producers, but I, like, I can't really say I can support him. Uh, yeah. I think if, if you look Wagner's at... way dead, though, so you Yeah, like he's gone. Like, so give, give Kanye like 200 years. Yeah. <laughs> if you look yeah. at it as like a file of history or like a document of history, then it becomes a lot more objective. Mm. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. How similar is your experience with music with your friends there was a range some people said very similar and some people said not similar at all do you guys i don't know how i would have a taste in music without my friends so i don't know how i would like separate the two you know that's like you think all of your friends have like similar tastes like over the course of my life definitely yeah definitely the sounding board definitely the starting point because like my friends from home who are like so different have such different music taste like from each other no, for me. Okay. Like, my music taste is, like, vastly different from theirs. And then, like, the people who I'm so close to here very similar. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if I look at how close I am with someone, our music taste kind of aligns. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I was trying to get at with this question. Yeah. Like, do you think yeah. people group subconsciously by music? Because that ties into literally, like, Ken's article, your article, everything. It's, like, mm-hmm. what subconsciously yeah. is drawing us to music and no, then does that absolutely. create social groups? Because I feel like you have, okay, you have your own personal taste and then you'll have your own personal experiences that lead to stuff. Yeah. But I think a lot of your, like, behavioral stuff is a product of your environment. 
if that makes sense. Like, recently some of my hometown friends came to visit me, mm-hmm. and one of my friends was uh, just playing his playlist, and a song came on where someone in the back was like, wait, are you on Ox? To the person who was like, whose playlist was playing, he's like, yeah, this is my song. Yeah. A year or two ago, no one would have predicted that song mm-hmm. would have been on his playlist. It's there because of the people he's yeah. surrounded by, if that yeah. makes sense. And he still has a pretty distinct music taste to everyone else in the group. In fact, I'd say he has the most distinct taste. But the fact that that specific song came on, that everyone was like, oh, what? Mm-mm. This is on your playlist? Yeah. So I think as you get closer over time, you're going to start having a bit more of a blend. Yeah. I think yeah. Um, what's interesting as well, like, I noticed is, like, so I have my, like, friends here, and then my friends in Dubai, and then my friends in Trinidad, and then it's, like, mm. um, cause, like growing up in those two places, and it's, like... But it would have been interesting to hear what Rhea had to say about this too, because I feel like yeah. she might have had a similar experience. But um, the music that I like here, it, like it's so so di- like the artists, like people are not familiar with them in like Trinidad or Dubai, and then some of the artists in Dubai, um, people aren't familiar with here or in Trinidad, and then the same thing. So like in each place, it's like I will like t- like my music taste is like tailored to that red group, like when I'm there. But then I feel like here is like my most like genuine music taste like the stuff I'm most interested in but it's just here I like think about my music taste with my friends but like in Trinidad and Dubai I don't really think about it that much like it's not a big deal do you feel like that represents different parts of your personality definitely like or like your development yeah. oh yeah like I know like Christmas is coming up and I'm gonna go back to Trinidad so I start playing my Caribbean music and like getting into that and it's like a whole different like mindset almost, so. so our next piece is Matthew Barcel's about it's about music in Palestine, like the underground music scene in Palestine, or how Palestinian music, how it exists in a space that's occupied, um, and such. I did not write this, I don't want to speak on it, um, and he's not here.
places? Are any of you into certain countries' music scene, and does it exist? Um, like, I mean, I went to a event about underground Russian rock mm-hmm. in like the Cold War era, and like basically these these rock stars had to. So there's this, this some producer from America. Um, I forgot her name, but she she basically traveled to the Soviet Union, and she like supplied these rock stars with like guitars and strings and all that and like brought all the tapes back to America illegally um and made an album called The Red Wave which really like opened up the western world to and everyone to um the underground like Soviet rock scene which is pretty cool but it's just the fact that they couldn't like um they couldn't release music on their own and they had to like export it to America to like release it I was gonna say if like 90% of people who filled out this survey found their music on Spotify. Yeah. It limits you a lot. Yeah, it does. And like yeah. what you're able to find. Yeah. 100%. That reminds me, there's this song, Wind of Change, um, which there's a whole Spotify podcast series about it, but it's like known to be the song that ended the Cold War. Mm. Um, I'm forgetting like the details, but it was, it's really interesting. Like the ways music can live can um have such a huge impact i think a lot of places like palestine especially but it's like should the art um like art can obviously be inspired by pain i think just intense emotion in general inspires creativity but it's like how do you do you create art do you have a responsibility to always incorporate advocacy into art that like shouldn't exist or should you just create art Mm -hmm. Because the point of it existing th- is enough as its own. Yeah, I, th- I think, like, the point of it existing is, as its yeah. own is, like, you know, is anti all that. It's good for the people. Mm-hmm. I think that's what makes art so interesting, though. It is just a platform of whatever you want. Yeah. It can just exist to exist. Or yeah. You can, you know, incorporate a message into it that there's no other way you could, like, get that out as effectively. Um, also, I don't know if this should be included because I don't know if I have, like, any authority to speak on the matter, but, like, um, with, like, back to the Palestine thing, um, like, I've just, like, always had a lot of, like, Palestinian, like, friends around me because, like, growing up, um, in Dubai and everything, and I always thought, like, it was amazing how, um, I mean, it's a dance, but the music that would go with it, dubka, I'm pronouncing it probably wrong, all my friends would get annoyed, but, um, uh, it's like whenever there'd be like a school event where that would happen or anything like that, it's like everyone um, and all the diaspora who would have moved to like other countries like um, Jordan or Egypt or wherever, um, like that like one thing, everyone's so familiar with it and engaging with like that art form, it's like you just see like the whole like Palestinian community within like our school or wherever would just like come together and you'd see that they all have an awareness, such like a deep awareness of that part of the culture. And I mm-hmm. always thought that was amazing, amazing that even though like it's been like a group that's dispersed, yeah. they can come back together so like, like yeah. well. Yeah, the necessity of music like in that context yeah. to bring people together. Imagine the power of having like Palestinian music um, like in earworm, it's like in like yeah. involuntary memory and then yeah. suddenly you're just subconsciously thinking about exactly. this place. All the time. The next thing, and our final thing on this magazine is um, my coworker this summer, this past summer, I worked with a lot of PhD students, so like current TAs who would be striking. 
Who wants to introduce who? Do, do any of you really confidently think you could briefly introduce the UC strike right now? Yeah? Maybe. Give me a sec. My, oh, my, I mean, my what TAs. <laughs> Basically, I at least want to get their, like, points correct, because I yeah, know I one of my T's laid it out pretty well for me, but... Very relevant right now, UC-wide TA strike is happening right now as we're recording this. It's been going on for a week. Yeah. It started last Monday, so yeah. actually a full week. Come on, friends, and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on, friends, and let's go down, down on the picket line. Yes, we went down on the picket line to keep the scabs out of the mine. Who's going to win the strike? Come on and we'll show you the way. We went out one morning before daylight and I was sure we'd have a fight. But the scabs was carely ran away, but we went back the very next day. Come on, friends, and let's go down, let's go down, let's go down. Come on, friends, and let's go down, down on the picket line. As we went down on the picket line to keep the scabs out of the mine. Who's going to win the fight? Come on, and we'll show you the way. We all went out on the railroad track to meet them scabs and turn them back. We win that strike, I'm glad to say. Come on, and we'll show you the way. Um, I know little's happened so far in terms of progress. Yeah. The bargaining. Yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah. I think they got a ten percent raise. Weirdly, they got an weirdly enough, offer. they they got an offer that obviously was not yeah. satisfactory to them. Um. But yeah, so one of my coworkers from this past summer, I reached out to her and I just said, if you would like to speak on it, I'll give you a page of the magazine. Um, and she sent back a really, really nice. Hmm. Um, but it was the international perspective, which is what had to what you were saying, but she was talking about how those who have visas. Okay, so visa restrictions, I cannot dedicate more than 20 hours a week to my TA work. And my visa requires that UCLA must be my employer, so I'm stuck to earn what the UC decides. So basically there's like more parameters around international students that restricts the amount that they can, um, other sources of income they could seek out. Oh, just one note about the international students. My TA was talking about how a lot of TAs are on food stamps and get a lot of aid from the government because they're just not being paid well. But if you're an international student, you don't get any of that. So yeah. you're making yeah. horrible wages and you're not even getting any support from the government. Yeah. Um, as to the, uh, I guess, just to quickly go over the list of demands that mm -hmm. so the union that uh, represents our postdocs and graduate students UAW is bargaining for increased support for working parents through child care allowances and parental leave for all units to promote gender equality and retain parent workers uh, sustainable transit incentives to reduce emissions and combat climate change higher compensation to support a diverse workforce and alleviate rent burden due to high cost of living in California equity and retention of our international and out-of-state scholars through NRST fee remissions and protection and access for disabled scholars. So big themes of equity and, and, and overall being able to have a higher quality of life. I know it isn't mentioned in this email, but the numbers that have been thrown around is TAs currently make in the ballpark of 24,000 when, you know, yeah, a so lot of them are paying like half or more of that for rent. And I guess the number that they're arguing for, is it around 50 to 55? She wrote, 56. so 
Um, the MIT Living Wage Project estimates that LA, resi LA residents should earn around $72,000 a year to avoid rent burden. However, graduate workers only make 23000 on average. Damn. It's like crazy in the context of living somewhere as, as expensive yeah. as LA and it's, being a TA. Uh, especially how important they are to the education yeah. system. <laughs> Clearly, like... No yeah. professor can do all of that. They need the help. They, yeah, they, they do everything. No, they like, do. They I teach only interact with yeah. my TAs. <laughs> they grade your paper. They do your quizzes. They get like, all the, the discussion also, sections. Are like, so oh, they have to like interpret these professors. I mean, it depends on like yeah. what academic field you're in, but I don't know. They do yeah. all the in between, yeah. like the very necessary in between. I like. We should probably fact check this. Fact check this, but um, uh, I read that um, I think in the like package that they're asking for it would like take a total of like 4% of UCLA's budget, mm. which is, again, considering the amount that they do, it's not a crazy amount to be asking for. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like I'm not well-versed enough to contextualize it. I had an interesting conversation with the professor who I do research for, and she was like, you guys are really burdening. So also, mind you, she's obviously a professor, so she's biased. But she was like, I'm a tenured professor. I don't care about any of this. I don't have to care about any of this, she was yeah. saying. like, mm -hmm. And yeah. she was like, you're only burdening these very new professors who don't have tenure who are very stressed right now. And so it's almost just like a TA little upgrade that you're putting the stress on. And I was like, that's so interesting. It was just interesting. Like, she was like, I just don't have to care about any of this. Like, obviously, I care because I'm a good person. But you don't realize that you're not burdening, like, the source of the power. Yeah. Can still be completely, like, unattuned. Oh, yeah, because then the the professors who aren't tenured, like, they they're still going to. They have to slack and they're really stressed about their employment. But they're still going to pick it up because yeah, they. they yeah, have to. Exactly. Yeah. So it's interesting. That's true. Like, it doesn't really hit the. Like, it doesn't hit you. who you're trying to hit. It's just hard to yeah. hit, like, who you want. I just feel like it was a... I mean, this is, like, an aside again, but, like, um, from the whole thing. But I feel like it was a good time um, to, like, put it because they, like... It's right before week 10. I feel like it, it would be really irresponsible if, like, they didn't come to some agreement. Like, I mean, the UCs, um, like, by the time we hit week 10 because you got finals and stuff. Like, for, like, yeah. the students, they have, like... I feel like I mean, they should have an doing, obligation to... I love when people are like, oh, it's so disruptive, and I'm like, yeah. it's almost as if that was the point of a strike. Like, yeah. it is doing its job. It's, yeah. It's very... Exactly. That's the point. If it's not disruptive, it's... Yeah. I know the strike was in the plans for, like, two years. Wait, really? Yeah, so I did not know one that. of my professors is pretty high up in UCAFT, which is the union that protects librarians and lecturers. Mm. And UAW, the one for uh, graduate students and postdocs, is kind of like a sister union. Mm -hmm. So... This strike has been in the works for a long time mm. if a deal had not been reached. And, well, a deal has not been reached, and now we have, well, yeah. a semi-shutdown of the UC It's funny because it kind of shows system. that the, the UC totally thought they were just going to bluff and, like, not do anything. Yeah. Because they would have never allowed this, I don't think. Yeah. Knowingly. Um, especially with the mainstream attention it's getting. That's very interesting. I do like how this strike isn't just a labor strike, though. Because there are some elements of, like, um, reducing climate change and, and reducing emissions in general, and also equity for, like, those who come from maybe a disadvantaged or historically disadvantaged background, so disabled students and international and out-of-state uh, mm -hmm. students who can get more easily taken advantage of. This is, this is definitely has a lot of elements of a good, like, social movement yeah. beyond just, I want to get paid more. And I think it shows increasingly just how interdisciplinary everything is. Like, you can't sure. have yeah. many conversations about money without bringing up the climate now, and so it's always going to have to be brought up. Yeah. yeah, it's really intersectional. Yeah. Which does, I guess, make it harder for, like, an agreement to pass through, but, like, it's now or never for a lot of these issues. Yeah. For like the earth. Mm. <laughs> Just the earth. <laughs> ooh, ooh, 
Any last comments? Four of us lasted this long. <laughs> um, I mean, congrats for making it to the end. I thought you were saying that to me. I was like, thank you. I'm not making it. Thanks to the audience. We record this off a wig. Well, the form came in. The form came in? I, I said it, it would. It just took time. <laughs> <laughs> the beginning of the form was not there at all. I mean, it was a form of sorts. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we just talked. Yeah. yeah, okay. Thank you. Cool. Hope you learned. <laughs>